Welcome to week nine of the 2019 Bulldog Coaches Show. Coach Jensen, how are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me. Congratulations on the win the other night. Uh, big win over Elma, which is our 14th in a row. But more importantly, a secures a league title for your team. Yeah, it's uh, it's always nice to have a league title. It allows us to have a on uh, the crossover now to have a home home game in the crossover. We'll be the only team in our league that does have that. So it's a it's a big advantage. Uh, you know, without mentioning any names or anything, we had all league yesterday, and uh, you know, when you win the league title, you you get more kids rewarded, and it was nice because uh, I think our kids have earned all those honors. But it was. Uh, it was nice to go in there with a the league title and, and know that you're going to get some kids that are well-deserved of their awards. So just out of curiosity, do you have any idea how many times you've won the league title in your 18 years? No idea. No guess? I'm going to find that out for yeah. sure, but I couldn't okay. find it out this morning. Um, at any rate, it's I know it's not overly uh, – important to some people but it's certainly important to the kids and I think that they take that and it's a they take it as a huge sense of accomplishment so good for them yeah absolutely so talk about the game a little bit what uh had some some non-football issues but let's talk about the actual football game there was a lot of things that happened in that a 49 to 7 win yeah I, I mean uh I I don't think we played our best game, and I thought Elma did a pretty good job of being physical with us, and they were able to run the ball for, you know, 200 yards, which really took us back a little bit. We were catching blocks early in the game, and and then, uh, you know, we started playing better there about midway through to the end of the first quarter, started playing a little bit better, although we gave up a 58-yard touchdown run in the second quarter there that – we weren't very happy with because we kind of broke down with our tackling there a little bit. But uh, overall, you know, it was, uh, offensively we, we did really well and defensively we did well other than that one play overall. And special teams, we finally got a score on special teams with Brain Dorman and recovered an onside kick. So, you know, there was a lot of aspects that we did really, really well. And so, you know, sometimes as coaches we focus on, oh, we didn't do this well, then our focus goes there. But we got to think about all the positives that we did also. So let's talk about that slow start a little bit. And I, uh, driving up to Forks last week for volleyball, listened to two podcasts, two podcasts, Finding Mastery by Dr. Michael Gervais, who is a partner with Pete Carroll in this company, though he's a psychologist. But anyway, it was uh, Shaka Smart, who's the men's basketball coach mm-hmm. in Texas, and Steve Kerr, head coach at Golden State. So the things that they were talking about were relationships with their players and motivating. And Steve Kerr's dealing with adults and Shaka Smart's dealing with 18 to 22 or 23-year-olds, and you're dealing with 14 to 18-year-olds. And that 14 to 18, there's a lot that changes in a young person. Um, how do you go about, one, you know, what's your philosophy on building those relationships with, with your players, but also finding a way to motivate them because there's a lot going on in a high school kid's life I mean we got past senior week we got past homecoming but that doesn't mean those things go away I mean there's something every day and you mentioned starting slow and we had a slow start in a couple other games what do you do to motivate those kids or how do you how do you what's your philosophy on building relationships with the kids of this age to uh, enhance your program well I, I think you treat everyone <laughs> 
it's going to be hard to some people aren't going to agree with this. I think you treat everybody differently because I think there you have to get to know that kid and and what motivates that kid, what is important to him, what is you know why is he doing this? Is he playing because of his parents want him to? He plays because he loves it. He plays because uh, his friends are doing it. There's a lot of different variables there, and, and those are trying to, kind of the things that you try to find out about them as as you progress with them and as they're growing older. And you try to reach where what is important to them. You try to connect that way with them. I think uh, in this day and age, you have to have really good player coach relationships because I don't think in today's world, I don't think kids will play for somebody. I don't think they will play hard for coaches if they don't know the coaches care about them. And I, and I think you you get that, you get kids to know that you care about them by talking to them and developing relationships, not necessarily about football. It might be other things in their life, you know, or you have them in class and you're discussing things that they do in the off season or, you know, if they hunt, fish, that type of stuff. You just you just try to build that culture and, and try to, you know, try to teach them or let them know that, you know, we want the same thing they do, which is we want them to be the best person and best football player they can possibly be. And that's our goal for them. And we think that's their goal for themselves also. But I think you're absolutely right about having to treat people individually. There's kids that you can yell at and they will take that and turn that into a positive where there's other kids that you've got to be real careful with because they're going to take that the complete opposite way. Yeah. Um, I mean, I totally get what you're saying. People aren't going to like that. But you, you do treat everyone the same in terms of respect, and, but you have right. to motivate them differently. Right. Um, I think also if you watch, if somebody watches you enough during practice or during a game, they're going to see that you really enjoy being around those kids. I mean, it's you, uh, I think maybe come across to people as very serious about here's the game and we're going to win it. But if I know that if people are around enough, they also see that you're out there joking with kids and, and you're enjoying them and that experience that they're having uh, if as much as they are, I mean, just you can see at practice and you can see outside of the actual intensity of the game, you're enjoying yourself. Well, yeah, absolutely. I don't. I mean, I don't think there's a coach on our staff that doesn't enjoy being out there and, and working with their kids. You know, and they're you're going to go through some frustrations, but like Coach Weber, I mean, he says it best every day. He always comes into the weight room or into the locker room, and he always says, "Best part of my day coming right up." So. Uh, you're, you're around kids in a different light because uh, sometimes you think school, they, they feel like they have to be there and then we're out on the field and they usually want to be there. So it's a different relationship. Uh, certainly, you know, you've got to sometimes and just stop and, and laugh at certain things that happen because, you know, you can, you can really write a book about some of the things that are not even football important, but you can have a lot of stories if you wanted to. And I think that's true what you said too your coaching staff is the same way I mean it's it's not just about you it's everybody out there right. and I think kids can see that kids see that your coaches care and therefore like you said they they want to play hard because you're all in towards going towards the same goal yeah yeah and that, you know I they're watching film in coach Hollis's room and you know they see the detail of, a, of a, what we put into a scouting report and you know they they know that it's important to us and we're not going to shortchange them so speaking of film, this just popped into my head, but a lot of times when kids kids watch film, they get caught watching themselves instead of watching 
film the way it's supposed to be watched. They're trying to learn. Do you guys talk to them about that as you start the year? Um, or is it something that they just become accustomed to the more they watch film, the, the more that they're talked to about what it is they're watching? Well, a lot of times, like if we're watching ourselves, they're generally pretty focused on, on themselves. But uh, the majority of the time we're watching film, it's not about us. It's about who we're playing. So um, they're trying to get an idea of, you know, well, I'm going to be playing here. Or, you know, well, there's certain things like this week we have one of our corners are going to play on a certain side of the field. You know, so we want him today when we watch film to, for him to pay attention to, you know, what are they doing on that wide side of the field or what are, what are the type of routes that they're running over there, that type of stuff. So those are points of emphasis that we'll talk about presenting the scouting report. And then, um, you know, a lot of people, we're on huddle as a lot of people are, but for us, we make our kids come in and watch it together at 745 instead of knowing that they're home watching it because, they could have an on at home, but we don't know what they're what they're right. paying attention to. At least it, we know we have them together, and it's kind of a, a bonding thing, too, that they're in there together, and they're all kind of bought in. So we feel that's really one of the secret sauce things that we do, that they're in there together doing that. So let's talk about the crossover coming up. For those that, that don't understand, there's two 1A districts in District 4, which encompasses our area and then down the I-5 corridor down to Vancouver. So that's the Trico League where the Evergreen, uh, the crossover is the crossing over those two leagues to play for three state playoff berths. So R1 will play their three, which is us versus Kings Way. Uh, the two will play the two, Hoquim and Castle Rock. And then you've got La Center, which is their one playing R3, which is Elma. The winners of those games will move on to the, the state We'll call it bracket, which will be determined next Sunday. Um, let's first talk about King's Way. What do you see from them? Well, you're gonna. They have a really good quarterback. He's like six foot five, hundred ninety five pounds, and uh, he's got some colleges looking at him. Uh, they throw the ball all over the place, so uh, it, it they've got our attention right now. They they've had on, on around three game winning streak and um, they're doing a lot of really good things right now so uh, they have a couple of really good receivers one has like almost 50 catches the other one has like 32 um, so they're a threat throwing the ball um, still we'll go in with the with the idea that hey we need to stop the run make them one dimensional and then try to find a way to pressure the quarterback he's pretty poised under pressure he's he is probably the best quarterback we we have faced this year so uh, they definitely have our our uh, attention. And they've played, you know, the two other teams in their league that are qualified for this crossover, Castle Rock and La Center, they've played them both really tough. Right. Um, they did play Elma earlier in the year, and I think, like you said, they're playing much better now than they were at the beginning of the year. Elma took it to them right. pretty easily. But uh, looking at their scores and their stats, they've been playing well. So, yeah, well, I mean, we cannot go in taking this lightly. I mean, we got to prepare well this week, and and uh, you know, it's. I mean, nine and zero is great, but at this point, you know, it, the season either comes to a halt really quickly, or you're moving on, and it's really no in between there. And you know, you've got to be ready to play. And I, I think all our teams in our crossover are concerned about who they are playing, and I'm sure from the trico aspect they are also 
So just real quick, and I know we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but after this weekend on Sunday, the seeding committees will meet and seed the teams 1 through 16. Uh, Monday, we'll be able to talk about, if we win on Friday, we'll talk about that bracket and uh, where we sit. But it's if you're in the top eight, it's a home game for you. And that would mean if we get into that spot, we would be right back here at Jack Rattle, which is a good thing. But again, we're going to take Friday night first. I know you don't like to look down the road and uh, see what we can do there. So best of luck on Friday. All right. Thanks I, a lot. I do have one question oh. that came in. Okay. Uh, someone wanted to know what your, who your biggest coaching influence has been over the years. Oh. Oh. I mean, I rarely study the college game. I, I'd much rather go to a college football game than a NFL game. So most of the people I have admired over the years, uh, you know, with the exception of a Vince Lombardi or Bill Belichick, are college-type guys. So um, Lou Holtz was real big, uh, Joe Paterno, uh, some of the old old-school guys, um, John McKay. And, uh, you know, you just – I don't know if I'm uh, – you know, totally in love with any of them, but I I do like to watch how they run their programs, things that they're doing offensively, defensively. Um, you know, like right now, Nick Saban, you know, and uh, uh, Dabo Sweeney, those those type of guys. You kind of look at the guys that are really successful and try to figure out, you know, why are they being so successful and uh, try to study that a little bit. And you love to, you know, I've listened to uh, Dabo Sweeney talk, and you can tell when he gives – the coaching clinic that how how important football is to him so it's great okay two other things i just thought of one i was watching the air force army game on saturday did you get a chance to watch any of that i did not i thought of you because that was classic run football and it was uh six three at the end of the first half i think and i said wow this is an awesome football game which a lot of people would say what are you talking about there's no scoring but it was it was a great game second Give me a prediction, LSU, Alabama, just for fun. Well, I, I would say the Army Air Force might have been I – mean, I don't know how long it took, but I'm sure it might have been the fastest game in college football this year <laughs> as far as time going. But, uh, you know, I can't, uh, I can't bet against uh, Nick Saban. So I'll say uh, – I'm terrible at predictions anyway. I'll say 27-24 Alabama. Okay. So we'll check it out. Well, good luck Friday night. And uh, we will see you next Monday, hopefully talking about our next opponent. All right. Thank you. Thanks.